Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel some fight. Anybody got any fight in you today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you, like I told you, y'all better enjoy this. I don't get in this mood very often. <laughs> y'all know that's the truth. I don't get in this mood very often. And I get in this praise. Y'all, y'all just need to say, man, we're going to take advantage of this. And I hope y'all had a good time praising him because we're going to see where the word's going to fit you now. Told people, I said, you better praise him now. And I said, God, I get through preaching. You may feel like, not feel like praising him. <laughs> but I think God's going to take us, open his understanding to us. So, uh, go with me to Acts chapter 7, if I hadn't already told you. Well, I would encourage every one of you that wasn't here last night to get that word last night. Just a good teaching. Hallelujah. Just good, solid teaching to help us in our everyday walk with the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I hadn't I hadn't apprehended yet. When Paul said, I have not apprehended, neither am I already perfect. I ain't I ain't made it. Maybe you've made it. If you have, that's good. I'm I'm happy for you, but I ain't made it yet. There's one thing about it. I got my eyes on something I'm following after it. Anybody got your eyes on a prize today? You got your eyes on that mark? Are you are, are you striving to possess your calling? Anybody want to possess their calling? Anybody? You really want to possess your calling? What God's called you to do? I want what God's called me to do. I don't want what he's called you to do. That's your responsibility. But I want to do everything I can to help you possess your calling. If I can help you, if I can encourage you, if I can guide you and strengthen you, then that's what I want to do to help you possess your calling. Why? It's the only place you're ever going to be happy. It's the only place you're ever going to have peace. It's the only place you're ever going to have peace. I don't care what you do out here in this world. I don't care what you accomplish. I don't care if you become filthy rich. I don't care what you accomplish. If you do not find that place that God's called and chosen you to be, you'll be man most miserable. You will be man most miserable, a woman, have you? You will be a miserable individual if you don't find that place in your life that God wants you to possess. Y'all remember when I done the puzzle up here? About three weeks ago, and everybody had a piece of puzzle and had to find their place. That's the only place you're going to fit. You ain't going to fit nowhere else. Amen. God's got a place for you to fit, and that's where you're going to fit. You ain't going to fit nowhere else. You ain't going to fit in another church either. God's put you here. But if God's put you in another church, you ain't going to fit here. So you got to find your place. you got to make your calling and election sure. Amen. From Acts chapter 7. Y'all with me? Verse 17. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred. Evil entreated our fathers so that they cast out their young to the end. They may not live. 
in which time Moses was born and exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house for three months. Go with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. Anybody ready to go somewhere today? I'm ready to go somewhere today. Hallelujah. Y'all with me in Luke 21? Let's go to verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with servitude and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Going back to Acts chapter 7, that's where I'm going to start. The Lord spoke one word into my spirit this morning. Try and get this big letter. I don't know where my black marker is. I don't see it anywhere. I see that. I know what that is. I know what that spells. Camouflage. Camouflage. You know what the definition of camouflage is? To conceal by means of disguise. Behavior designed to deceive. Behavior designed to deceive. Camouflage. Conceal by means of disguise. If I got anybody with me today? Verse 17 in Acts 7. 
But when the time, when the season of what God had promised for liberation to set his people free, when that season, when that appointed time was at hand, y'all with me? There's an appointed time of promise for us to possess the kingdom. There was an appointed time. God told Abraham, he said, my people are going to go into captivity and they're going to be evil and treated 400 years. He said, but after that, I'm bringing them out. God swore that promise to Abraham. And when the time of that promise began to draw nigh, Devil ain't stupid. He knew what was fixing to happen. Man, God's people had multiplied so much, they outnumbered the Egyptians. Another king rose up, didn't know nothing about Joseph. What all Joseph had done, Joseph done died. Doesn't pass down generation to generation. He didn't know nothing about Joseph, so he began to deal subtly with God's people to kill them and to evil entreat them to keep them in bondage. How many times in the last few weeks has the Lord talked to us about the subtlety of the devil? I don't need you to preach to me about the devil. I got the Holy Ghost. I recognize the devil. Maybe you can't. Because maybe he's camouflaged himself. Maybe he's right there in plain sight and you can't even see him. My son-in-law's a Marine. He loves to read stories about snipers and how they can conceal their self and stalk their prey. A good sniper can be within just a few feet of you. Concealed and camouflaged, you're never seen. Devil be sitting right here. Camouflaged. You're never seen. Why? He's concealed himself. We're close to the promise of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire likened to the day of Pentecost. Don't need the Holy Ghost. I got it. Well, evidently, the battles you have, and you must not have enough. <laughs> oh, that hurt, didn't it? Well, this flesh keeps popping up, like God talked to us last night. Does it take very much to aggravate you sometimes? Not much at all. Why? In this flesh, there ain't nothing good. There ain't nothing good in it. 
you're a good man. You got principles. You got character. But in your flesh, there ain't no good thing. There ain't no good thing in there. All that's in there is the 17 works of the flesh. What brings your character? What what brings things out in you? A lot of times it's the Spirit of God. Wanting to please God. Wanting to do right in God's eyes. You find anybody that's got character and principles somewhere, they've had contact with something in the spirit realm more than likely. I'm not saying everybody, but most people. But the devil is going to conceal himself to keep you from possessing this promise. Spirit of So he's going to disguise himself so you don't know what he's up to. You don't know what he's up to. Y'all with me today? Bible says the word evil entreated. The same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil entreated. That word evil entreat means to harm, to hurt, to make evil effect on. That was God's people that God allowed to go in bondage for 400 years. The very day the 400 years was up, not the day before, not the day after, the very day the 400 years was up, God set them free. That very day. Not the day before, not the day after. God's time. He said 400 years to the, to the day. To the day. When he told them as it was going to wander in the wilderness 40 years, he let it happen to the day. They wandered in the wilderness 40 years to the day. Wasn't a day early, wasn't a day late. God was right on time. When God makes you a promise, God ain't never late. You hear me? When God makes you a promise, he ain't never late. He's right on time. He's right on time. If you do what he's told you to do, and you walk up right before him, God's word won't fail what God's promised you will be brought to pass. Because God somewhere has to fulfill his word. Somewhere God has to perform his word. You go all down through the scriptures, look up the word perform, and you'll see where God performed his word. He'd done what he said he was going to do. Hallelujah. I said he'd done what he said he was going to do. But what happened when they got close to the promise? Trouble came. Heartache came. Sorrow came. Vexation of spirit came to do what? To distract them, to get their eyes and their minds off of what God had promised them and to get them all upset in their spirit to keep them from seeking God. How many times has the Lord told us, watch out for distractions? Been distracted any this week? 
You've been distracted in it. You've been distracted in it with all the stuff going on in your family. Anybody had to deal with distractions? It's got you vexed and aggravated and upset. I'll raise both hands and jump up and down. Woo! <laughs> I got tied up in a situation this week. I told God I wouldn't get tied up in. And I'm going to tell you, when I told the Lord finally, I said, if I get through this, I said, I don't care if the business goes bankrupt. I said, I don't care if it falls flat on its face. I said, I ain't getting involved in, in another job. Ain't that what I said, Brother David? Got tied up for nine hours on a job. Should have took two hours at the most. I mean, everything done, everything went haywire, went upside down, backwards. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I said, I told you I wouldn't do this again. I said, if you'll get me out of this, I said, I'll make you a solemn promise. I will never touch another job. Because I told him back on the 1st of April, I wouldn't work it no more. But Brother David was in a situation. He didn't know exactly what to do. In, in, in that job, I didn't know exactly how I was going to make it because we had to make something fit. Got involved in it, and Lord whipped my hide. I got distracted. I got vexed. I got agitated. But that'll happen to y'all. I got agitated, but it was my fault. I let the devil work me. I said, God, it comes up again. I said, I'll hire it, Brother David. Brother David don't know how to do it. I'll hire somebody to help him. Ain't doing it no more. Why? It got me distracted from my focus of what God wants to do in these services. It got me distracted from where God's taken us and what God wants to do. See, after our camp meet, buddy, everybody was high on an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now you can feel everything kind of settled down, cooled off. Everybody was pressing. Everybody was fighting. Everybody was praying. Everybody was seeking God. And now it's like everybody just kind of backed off. Well, God ain't done it yet. But he said it. He said it. And I'm taking him at his word. I'm taking him at his word. Going to Luke 21. Appreciate y'all fasting for me. Y'all with me? I think I may be missing a page. Verse 34. And take heed to yourselves. I'm missing a page. Go back there and look on my desk. 
see if I got another page with definitions on it. Should be probably laying right there on the right right hand side where I said. And take heed. That means you got to be aware of what's going on. How many times has the enemy slipped in on us and blindsided us? And we didn't even know what happened until it already happened. Has he not? Has he not? Thank you. Take heed. That word right there means pay attention to and be cautious about. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Watch what the enemy's doing. Take heed to yourselves. Pay attention. Lest at any time your heart be overcharged. Lest at any time your mind, that word heart is your spirit, it's your mind. Lest your heart, lest your spirit, lest your mind be overcharged or be weighted down. Trouble comes, it weighs you down. Well, I'm all upset. I'm just aggravated. I'm just vexed. I only feel like going to church today. I just got too much going on, and there's just too much upsetness in my spirit. I just don't feel like I ought to go to church today. I'll just stay home and pray. I'll just stay home and wait this thing out. Next thing you know, you're on the couch and got the remote control up. What happened? The enemy slipped right in to your situation. There's just too much going on. I don't feel like going and being in the presence of God and being with the saints of God where the Holy Ghost and the Word and the anointing can lift me up so I'm just going to stay here all by myself. That's what you're saying. Let's just spin it and put the truth on it. I'm just too weighted down today. Well, the Lord told you to pay attention and not get weighted down. Is that what the Word says? He said you pay attention, you take heed, you watch what's going on. Don't you let that camouflage devil slip up on you. I don't care if he's wearing red and white or orange and blue. Red and black. Or yellow and black. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I care less about that stuff. Because it don't matter what goes in that stuff, it don't change the events of the world one bit. It don't change your spiritual relationship. It don't change your walk with God one bit. But did you know people actually get depressed? I'm talking about people that love God. They go to church. 
that are supposed to be praying, folks, they'll let the outcome of a ball game depress them. Oh, I messed up then, didn't I? Actually, that thing's weigh you down. He said, don't let your spirits, don't let your minds be overcharged. Don't let them be weighted down with what? Are y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? (laughs) Don't let your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. That's gluttony. That's overeating. And drunkenness. You can take that natural or spiritual. And cares. You know what this word right here, cares, means? Distractions of life. Don't let your minds be overcharged with overeating. Because you overeat, then you won't go sleep. Drink too much, you won't sleep and get lazy. You get spiritually drunk on this life, you lose your focus. So he said, don't let your hearts be weighted down with overeating, drinking, or the distractions that life brings. It's easy to let cares of life cause you to lose your focus and your relationship with God. Is it not? How many times have we used a a problem, a trouble, an upsetness, a vexation of spirit as an excuse not to pray, not to study the word, not to go to the house of God, Have we? And here the Lord is pointed out to us. The words have been spoken from the pulpit time and time again. Watch out for distractions. Don't let things get you out of focus and get your attention off of what God is doing. Has he not told us? Am I in this all by myself? Has God not told us time after time after time that the closer we get to the move of the Holy Ghost, the closer we get to what God wants to reveal and take us into, more trouble's going to come up. More aggravation, more vexation of spirit, more problems of life. Well, the cars broke down. Well, hallelujah, anyhow, God's still God. This is broke. That went wrong. Something else happened. Hallelujah, God's still God. Can't change God one bit. 
all it's done is weighted your heart down if you get to focusing on it. All it's got is weighted your spirit down. That's all it's done is weighted your spirit down, got you upset, got you vexed, got to, oh, we'll go to church and be in the presence of God. Next time something aggravates you, you say you don't feel like going to church, why don't you just go look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't want to go to church and be in the presence of God. I just feel bad. Let me know how that works for you. I don't want to be around nobody. I don't want to go get around all them people praising God and praying. And I don't want nobody to encourage me. I just want to be mad for a while. Well, bless your little heart. Let me know how that works for you. Because when you get through your madness and your vexation and your aggravation, your problem's still there. And ain't but one thing going to fix it for you, and that's trusting in God. <laughs> Woo! Told y'all shout a while ago. So that that day comes upon you unawares for as a snare. Man, there's a snare coming on people. Y'all listening to me? I can't explain to you the persecution that's fixing to hit the church. I can't explain to you the trouble and the heartache and sorrow that's fixing to come to this earth that we ain't prepared for. I cannot explain to you what we are going to have to have in God to be able to stand against the forces and the powers and the demons of hell that I preached on a few weeks ago when God had me preach on demons on assignment. And I was listening to the CD where she ministered. And she said, I've never seen a spirit do this. She said, but that spirit waged warfare on a vessel that loved God and that was serving God caused them to fall. And said, then that spirit went into hibernation. Except that spirit didn't go against them. Didn't put nothing else in. Just kind of went to sleep. Said, and I've seen a period of time go by and that vessel made a comeback. Said, when that vessel got back on that track with God and was doing good, that spirit woke up and popped right back in. Stopped you before, stopped you again. Come out of hibernation. That spirit come out of hibernation. Think the devil's playing? Brother Metter's too hard. Brother Metter's too straight. Brother Metter's fighting for your soul because you don't know the forces of hell that's been turned loose on God's people. You don't know the persecution. You don't know the troubles fixing to hit this nation. And I'm fighting to get you ready. You just preach too hard. You just too mean. 
Don't you mistake the straightness and the hardness of this word, and don't you ever underestimate, I don't have love and compassion on the inside of me, and I care about you. That's why I fight so hard. That's why I fight so hard to get you ready. You take a drill instructor in the Army or the Marine Corps, he don't get them troops ready. They get out there on the battlefield, they're going to lose their life. As hard as I fight, as hard as I preach, as much as I pray, there are people still won't listen, and they're going to lose their lives in the battle if I can't get your attention. You're going to lose your soul. Devil ain't playing patty cake, church. What's he doing? Camouflaged himself, and he's slipping up on you. Concealed himself. up Brother Nettles. That man was too straight, too hard, too mean. I have to say one thing, though. He has a lot of miracles. God speaks to him. He prophesies, man. Things happen. Then I stand on that platform, Jasper, and tell you I've seen an explosion with smoke and flames shooting hundreds of feet in the air picture of us back on that bulletin board happened two weeks after Jefferson the meeting closed when that refinery blew up out there in California I seen the picture I said that's a sign God give me about the meeting y'all seen God speak to me time after time in this church I remember back in February I think it was 2005 that I stood right here in this church and told y'all I seen an explosion in the heavens as a sign that God was taking us into a great move of the Holy Ghost and it wasn't a week till the space shuttle exploded coming back in wasn't a week, wasn't it, Sister Linda? Wasn't a week. Time after time, I've spoken by the Word of God, and God has made this world word real. You've seen miracle after miracle after deliverance, and my life is clean. But people go out here and follow some adult trainer fornicator. Man, not too far from here, been married five times. Still preaching, and people still flocking to him. Five times, because he can preach. God gifted him. He's got that gift. He, he knows how to preach. Five times he's been married. It won't be long he'll get rid of this and get him another one. Why? He's got a spirit of lust in him. Can't be satisfied. They'll flock to that, but they'll find fault with me because I try to get people to pray and seek God. I don't care. I'm warning you. Better take heed to yourselves. Devil's camouflaged himself. Devil's camouflaged himself, and he's coming after every one of you. Because God's put you under this word. God is equipping you. God's getting you ready to have great deliverance, a great visitation of the Holy Ghost. God has set you under this word to put something on the inside of you. And if you get what God has got set for you, the devil's going to be afraid of you. He's going to be afraid of you. Mark, the fourth chapter. I think I got this in Mark. I don't know if I do or not. 
Why don't I get there? Hallelujah. Anybody love Jesus today? Am I making sense to anybody today? <laughs> Gospel of Mark chapter 4. Verse 16. These are they. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Whom when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. And have no root in themselves and so endure. But for a time afterward when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. Let me go back over to Luke. That's part of what I want. But that ain't what I want. Verse Luke 8 and verse 14. When you get there, say amen. And that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked. with cares or distractions of life. You know what that word choke right there means? Completely strangled. It cuts off the life of that word. If I strangle you and you can't breathe, it cuts off your life. When you get choked, the word that is supposed to be so alive in you, the enemy will choke the life out of that word with the distractions or the cares of life. We drove 16 hours. I don't feel like praying. Talk to me about praying, man. I'm going to sleep. I'll get up and pray in the morning. Something always comes up. Something always comes up. I was going to church today, but, man, I worked 70 hours this week. I ain't had no time off. Million anybody? I worked hard. I need a break. God won't mind. Just check in with him and ask him. God won't mind if I just kind of lay around and relax. The trouble is when you lay around and relax, relax you start feeding carnal. with me. Doesn't matter if you just no I'm not I'm trying to get you to see the enemy has disguised itself. What did the Lord tell us? He said there was demons that were assigned to people to talk to them and you would think it's your own thoughts. You worked hard this week, man. You put in a solid week. You don't have to drive an hour to Fort Payne, Alabama. Just rest. You don't think that's the devil. You think that's just the thoughts of your own heart. What's the enemy trying to do? Keep you out of the fellowship with God's people. Keep you out from under the anointing. Keep you out from under that word that'll drop like a hammer. That'll break this thing. That'll drive this force back. That'll cause that hunger and that thirst and that fire of the Holy Ghost to kindle in your spirit. He don't want you under that. 
He wants you to have a reason not to do good. He wants you to have a distraction. A distraction that you don't recognize as the enemy because it's camouflaged itself. When they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches. There ain't none of us that's got any drive or determination. Somewhere down in here, we want good things. We want good things. Matter of fact, we'll tell ourselves, I deserve it. I've had it hard. I deserve good things. And I'm going to have them. You get focused on possessions. You get focused on riches. The devil's got your eyes off the gospel. He's got your eyes off it. Does God care what you have? Not as long as you honor him with it. God don't care. As long as you honor God with everything he blesses you with, God don't care what you have. Just as long as if he asks you for something, you're willing to give it to him. I gave God my 10%. He ain't getting nothing else. <laughs> my God, I don't know what Brother Matter expects. I gave him a dollar and a half last week. Man, spent all week studying and praying, spent some days fasting, seeking God, comes out there and preaches the word, the anointing falls, God heals, God delivers, God stirs my soul, God answers his prayers, God moves in my situation. I gave him two one dollar bills. What does he want? Just greedy, that's all he is. I mean, my God, the man can't put over 10 or 12 hours in a service and then preach another hour, hour and a half. He's just greedy, that's all. Yeah, that's what keeps me here at the big offerings. Now, what keeps me here is God's put me here, and I love you, and I'm fighting for you, and I want you to see the distractions that the devil's put up there that camouflage and we can't see. See, we think it's this light. But you ever noticed how that when you plan to go to the house of God, something comes up? You ever noticed how if you set aside a certain time to pray, something always comes up? You ever noticed how that when you get ready to have a Bible study or you plan to have a Bible study, something always comes up? That third cousin on your fourth uncle from your fifth aunt on your great-grandmother's side you hadn't seen in 47 years will show up. Devil's good at what he does. Amen. And he said what happens? It chokes. It strangles the life of the Word. Why? Because... You're in there, and you're in all these thorns, and you're trying to serve God with all these thorns around you. 
and it just wraps around you and just chokes the word out of you. And the riches and the pleasures, that word pleasure there means lust or desires. There's things you ain't got no business desiring. You as a child of God, there's things you ain't got no business having desires for. The Bible plainly says in Titus 2 and I believe 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. A lot of what we pray for and a lot of what our flesh desires won't be nothing but become hindrances in your walk and your relationship with God. Oh, it will. I don't seem like I'm gaining too much ground today. And I was really excited about this word. Choke with cares and riches and pleasures this life and bring no fruit. To perfection. That means you're barren. You're empty. Ain't nothing coming forth in you. You ain't producing nothing. Praise God, man. I've got the Holy Ghost. What's it producing? What's your Holy Ghost producing? What you doing with it? Is anybody mad at me today? I'll get them. What's your Holy Ghost producing? He said, you get in this place that you get choked down with the cares of life. You get concentrating on the riches and the pleasures of this life. He said, there ain't going to be no fruit. Why? Your efforts and your concentration is somewhere else. And the devil slipped in. Well, I can't pray and fast and seek God and go to church and do everything I'm supposed to do in the natural. It's got too much on me. Well, did God put it on you or did you put it on yourself? But they're always talking about giving, talking about tithes. I got too many bills to pay my tithes. That's your fault or God's fault? Did I say that? Time to turn around, everything's in a mess. Every time you turn around, everything's in a mess spiritually, naturally, financially. You better be checking your relationship with God. You better be checking your relationship with God. Is God trying us? Yes. God will put you through a season of trials, but you'll come out of it. Job's trials lasted him a little over a year, and God blessed him double. God blessed him double. Y'all hear me? God blessed him double because he stripped him down to nothing to test him and prove him. One thing God lets you go through something to prove you, it's another thing that trouble's coming on you because you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. Trouble comes on you because you ain't doing what you're supposed to do and you ain't walking with God and keeping God's word. Don't you fuss at God. It ain't God's fault. It's your fault. That's one size fits all. Don't you 
church, y'all go to Isaiah 54 with me. How many of us in here got the Holy Ghost? Got the Holy Ghost? Got the Spirit of Christ? Mark's going to go through this. How many of you feel like you got a little bit of spirituality in you? Nobody? Y'all know I'm setting you up, don't you? Y'all feel like you got a pretty good keen sense about life and what goes on. You recognize the devil. Isaiah 54, y'all there with me? Last verse of the chapter, verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith God. Second Corinthians. Second chapter. Ninth verse. You with me? For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Anybody ever quoted that scripture? You ever quoted the scripture over there in Isaiah that ain't no weapon formed against your prosper? That word advantage means to defraud or make a gain of. The word devices goes to intellect, disposition, mind, or thought. So the devil can take advantage of your thoughts. He can get an advantage of you. Anybody ever quoted those scriptures? Ain't no weapon formed against us or prosper. I'm not ignorant of his devices. Then how does Satan keep working us? How does the devil keep slipping up on us and working us if we can read this in the Word and he'll distract us and mess us up every time? Why? Camouflage. Oh, Brother Miller, I'll recognize the devil. I ain't ignorant of his devices. What's happening to you? What you know about the devil, you know. And when you learn him, he'll come another way. 
he will camouflage you. He might have come to you camouflaged in dark green, gray and dark brown. This time he'll come in desert sand. He's going to come another way. When you learn him, you learn his tricks. You learn how he operates. You learn how he talks. He's going to flip and come some other way. Ain't been weapon formed against me going to prosper. Satan ain't going to take advantage of me. I ain't ignorant of his devices. Something's happening. Because every time you turn around, he's knocking you out of your dedication. He's knocking you out of your prayers, your Bible study, your walk with God. Causing you not to want to go to the house of God when things get tough. Or... I just work too much. God can fix that too. <laughs> well, I would go, but you know, every time I get ready to go, this one will come over and that will come over and this one will go something. I got grand. God can fix that too. You're always making excuses why you can't serve God. And there's something that's working against you that's prospering. The devil's taking advantage of you. And if you ain't going to serve God in the good times, don't call on him in the bad times. That didn't fit too good either, did it? Let's see where we're getting here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just slip right over to 2 Corinthians 6. Y'all give me about 10 minutes and I'll be through in an hour and a half. Hallelujah. Y'all with me in 2 Corinthians 6? Here's a look at verse 1. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in an accepted, and a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored or have I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything. That means don't let anybody find fault in you in your relationship with God. Everybody always wants to find fault in how you serve God. Can you find fault in me? Sure you can. I'm human. Even if I was perfected in the spirit of God and doing what God called me to do, you're going to find fault in my flesh. Even if I'm pleasing God. The Holy Ghost fell on Jesus, and the, the voice of the Father spoke, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And somebody said, That means I'm devil. <laughs> he cast out devils by bells. He loved the spirit of devils. But here the Father, Son, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. So somebody's always going to find fault in you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. 
back. Y'all with me? But in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonment, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by, by the Holy Ghost, and by love unfeigned. And if you want to know what that word unfeigned means, that means you don't pretend. Second Corinthians 11, and I'm fixing to wrap it up. Got about two more, one more place to read after this. Y'all with me? 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often of the Jews. Five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a day and the night I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, and besides those things that are without, that which cometh on me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul said, that's what I got to deal with every day, and this is what I'm going through. What y'all have to deal with? What's got y'all discouraged? What's got y'all upset? What's got you not wanting to serve God? Somebody took you out and beat you today for the gospel. They're fixing to. Y'all been locked up for preaching? Coming to it. I'm talking about right here in this room. How many times has God warned us about trouble in the church that people going to come in? I told y'all two, three years ago I had a, a, a vision. People come in with suicide belts. Did you know on the news this morning they they uncovered a bomb, a bomb plot in a church? They'd uncovered a bomb plot in a church. And I didn't get the details because I was walking out the door. But they arrested a man that was planning a bombing in a church. We're dealing with evil spirits. We're dealing with forces. We're dealing with powers. We're dealing with uncleanness. And we're letting little bitty nothing things keep us from our relationship and true service to God. All because the devil camouflages himself. And you don't recognize it. Paul says, I'm sorry I couldn't make it today, but they tied me to the post and beat me with 39 stripes. Shows up about a week late and said, I'm sorry, the shipwreck, and I floated out there in the ocean a day and a night. Probably a good thing you didn't get here when you did, Paul, because I was discouraged and just didn't feel like coming here and you preach. 
Y'all think I'm being funny, but I'm being truthful. What the devil does to us. You know why? Does anybody know what the best strategy for destroying your enemy is? Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Brother Miller just expects too much out of you. Yeah. I want you to use the call and the anointing and the gifts God's placing in your life. I want you to come with confidence. I want you to come to a place with confidence in what God's put in you. And I'm going to tell you something. If there's a confidence gets in you, you ain't going to be able to step out there and help nobody. You got to know what God's put in you. When Moses was out there on the backside of that desert and God visited him, he told him, throw that rod down and become a serpent. Didn't nobody see it but Moses. When God told him, go pick it up by the tail, he did. When God told him, put his hand in his bosom, when he pulled it out, it was leprous, white as snow. Nobody saw that but Moses. When he poured the water out on the sand and it become blood, didn't nobody see that but Moses. So when Moses stood before Pharaoh, he had to believe in his God. He had to believe what God had showed him. He had to believe God was with him. You don't have confidence in what God's put in you. You ain't going to touch nobody else's life. You got to have confidence in what God's put in you. You got to have confidence in where God's taking you. Last scripture. Second Corinthians. Let's see where I want to go. I've already done that one. I think I want to go to four. Yeah. Second Corinthians four. I ain't gonna beat up on you too much more. I want you prepared. I want you prepared. Amen. I want you prepared. You can call me anything you want to, but there's a confidence of God in me. That what God showed me, the faith God's given me, the miracles, the deliverance, the word of prophecy. I can prophesy according to the ability God's put in me, Brother Michael. Because I know what God speaks to me. When I feel the Spirit of God come on me, it ain't no problem for me to speak to a short leg, blind eye, deaf ear. Ain't no problem for me. Just like all the ladies gathered out here the other day getting ready to leave. A wasp or something got down Sister Brenda's shirt and stung her up and down her back. And I was here, and she walked over by the car. I said, did sting you? She said, yeah. I said, you hurting? She said, yeah. I said, I mean, really? She said, yeah. She said, it got me two or three times. Spirit of God just moved on me. I just walked over and laid my hands on her, spoke the word of God to her, and the pain started leaving her. Whitney looked at me and said, boy, you got your Jesus on today, ain't you? I said, I keep my Jesus on, darling. I said, but God gave me victory over these things years ago. You can ask my son. They got stung when they was kids. I can pray the prayer of faith for them. That sting and leaving a heartbeat. Why? God gave me victory over it back in the 90s. You 
call it cocky, you call it arrogance, you call it whatever you want to. There's a confidence in me, what God will do through me when I feel the Spirit of God move on me. If that confidence of the Spirit of God ain't in you, the devil's going to mess you up. And he'll mess you around. Why? Because you won't be sure what God's put in you. That's why I want you in a relationship with God in prayer. That's why I want you in study. That's why I want something solid under your feet. So you'll know that you 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 know. And the devil can't mess you up. You start trying to minister to somebody and you don't know God's with you, the devil will tie you up in knots. Oh, he will. It's his job. It's his business. You hear me? Y'all still with me? Let's bring it to a close. Sorry our ladies missed this. Verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 4. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness is shining in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. For we are troubled on every side. Y'all see that? But we are troubled on every side, yet what? Do y'all know what that word distress means? It means you've lost mental focus. You've lost hope mentally. You don't know what to do. Do we have trouble? Yeah. Anybody in here got trouble? Anybody, anybody dealing with troubles? Got things going wrong in your life? But see, in God, you're not distressed. I deal with troubles all the time. Mine and yours. I deal with them all the time. I carry your spiritual load. I carry your natural load. I carry your financial load. You may not realize it, but I do. But I'm not distressed. Why? I walk in victory. That's what I'm trying to teach you. Walk in victory. Not that you're going to get the victory. The victory's in you. The victory's in you. You just got to walk this thing out to the end. The victory's already won. You walk it out according to God's word and according to God's will. Victory's already won. It's there. Why? Victory lives here. <laughs> Weeping may endure for a night. But joy is coming in the morning. See, some of y'all was singing this song, Brother Michael, Brother Harley. Y'all didn't even know a scripture. This scripture. This scripture goes with that song. Trading all your sorrows. Trading every one of them. Laying them down. Laying down all your shame. For what? The joy of the Lord. Why? I'm troubled on every side but I'm not distressed. Troubled every way I turn. But I got victory in Jesus. I got victory in Jesus. Anybody got victory? 
I ain't talking about going to get victory. I'm talking about you got victory. I got victory. I'm not going to get it. I got it. Doesn't matter everything's going wrong. Still got victory. People are upset. They're being warred at. They're being pressed on. They're being fought against. Praise God. You're being tried to see if your kingdom material. Everybody ain't kingdom material. <laughs> you know why? Everybody can't stand the test. Did y'all see what Paul said he went through? He said, man, I've been stoned. I've been beat. He said, one time they left me for dead. I've been shipwrecked three different times, loaded out there in the ocean a day and a night. He said, I'm in peril of countrymen, peril of kinmen, peril of robbers. He said, been naked, been hungry, been thirsty, been cold. Had everything and had nothing. And he's talking about he suffered all that for the cause of Christ. My God, Brother Matter, I'm just fixing to lose it all. My hot water heater ain't working. Woo. I'm going to tell you, we may have a lot of annoyances, but we don't have any real troubles yet. That's what I'm trying to get you ready for. They're coming. I'm telling you, trouble's coming. I'm telling you, persecution's coming. I'm telling you, heartache's coming and sorrows is coming. You better get yourself settled down in a relationship with God that you know in whom you believe. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Anybody ever lied on you because of your relationship with God? You walk with God? You ever had your name cast out as evil? I have. I've been lied on, talked about, run down, had my name cast out as evil. Preachers turned their backs on me. Why? I stood for righteousness. It'll happen again. Happened about two or three years ago. Happened back in the 90s. Did I give up? No. Did I go through some heartache and upsets? Yeah. Did I lose my focus in God? No. Ain't going to. Why? He's the one I can depend on. He's the one I lean on. No matter what anybody else says or does, I got my focus on him. Amen? Don't mistake what I'm saying. I don't have to have somebody to serve God. I'm going to serve him because I love him and because of what he's done for me. I don't have to have somebody in my life to encourage me or prod me. Does it help? Yeah. It helps to have somebody to serve God with. It helps somebody to study, to pray with. But I've spent so much time by myself in prayer and study and fasting. Well, I know how to fight it. Know how to fight it. Do you know how to stand whenever things come to an end? Whenever everything rushes in on you, when the problems, troubles of life, 
the pressure's really set in on you to really start getting persecuted for the gospel, do you have what it takes to stand? It's going to put you there. You know why? It's going to try you before you get this finished. I mean, before you get this finished. And all these problems in life and all these things that come up in people's spirits, God's trying to get you to deal with. Let me tell you something. Troubles don't go away. You may hide them. You may push them down. You may not deal with them. They don't go away. If you're going to obey God and fulfill that call of God on your life, you're going to have to deal with everything in your spirit you push down. Everything you've hid, everything you've tried to get away from, you're going to deal with it. All your mistakes, all your failures, all your heartaches, all your wounds. You're going to deal with the devil cutting you to pieces inside. You're going to deal with it. Or you're not going to get what God's got for you. You've got to let the Spirit of God heal you. Whatever the cause of it was, you've got to forgive it and forget it, whether it's something or somebody. You've got to get over it. We can all put on a good smiley face. Like that old song when I was growing up. Some of y'all remember, some of y'all about my age. Some of you. The song said, Tears of a Clown. Put on a big smile. Life of the party. Oh, ain't nothing wrong. I'm doing good. Everything's okay. I love Jesus. Inside the devil's ripped you to pieces. Inside you're going through things you don't know how to deal with. Get a relationship with God. Get a prayer life. Lean to that word. Lean to that relationship with God. Are y'all with me, children? We need God to work something in us. We need God to work something in us. Amen. We need God to help us. And he will if we let him. But God can't do this your way. The closer we get to possessing the promise, the harder it's going to get to serve God and keep you focused. If you don't recognize what time you're finished. Are you all with me? Are you with me? The closer we get to this great visitation of the Holy Ghost the more the enemy's going to fight the more he's going to distract the more he's going to upset you got my drift today I need to say it again why I know what he's doing all down through history whenever God got ready to move the devil always picked up a place right before Jesus came on the scene there was imposters that rose up and drew away hundreds of people. It ain't changed. The devil ain't changed. He's still smart. He's still smart. Amen. He's still smart. Y'all with me today? You understand what I'm saying? Let's stand together.